Our scripture reading, our focus for today is found in Matthew chapter 28. After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were as white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has risen from the dead, is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. Good morning. Hallelujah. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Great to see you all today. What a beautiful Easter morning the Lord has given to us. Years ago, there was a film writer and novelist named Lawrence Stallings. And uh, he had a friend who was a sports writer. And his friend got sick. He wrote for a major newspaper in Chicago. And he says, I'll take your place. I'll report on this important football game and you can get better. It was a game between the University of Illinois and the University of Pennsylvania. And it was a rainy day. And that day in 1925, the University of Illinois had a halfback by the name of Red Grange. And Red Grange that day set the record for the most yards from scrimmage. He scored one touchdown two touchdowns, three touchdowns, four touchdowns, set up a fifth touchdown. And while all this was going on, the sports writers up in the booth were, were typing away for their story. But Lawrence Stalling was just overcome by what was going on. And he, he's pacing the floor and he's saying, it's too big. I don't know what to write. It's crazy. It's just too big. Folks, maybe that's the way the gospel writers felt about trying to describe what happened on the most important day in all of history. The day when the God-man, Jesus Christ, rose from the grave to defeat Satan and sin and death. What a day. And in fact, if you had to find one word that would, would summarize what, uh, what, what Easter means and what the victory that Jesus accomplished for us, we might use the word everlasting. Now, everlasting is another one of those words that's hard to describe. It's hard to get your hands around it, your mind around it, because our minds are finite. And yet everlasting is what Jesus accomplished for us. And that's why there are millions of Christians this very hour all across the United States and even around the world that are celebrating this most important event, the resurrection of Jesus. Now today, as we think about that word everlasting, there's three things that I want us to think about. First of all, when it comes to everlasting, we need to think about God. Yes, He is everlasting. It's one of His qualities. He never had a beginning. He never had, will have an end. 
And in fact, that's the way he made Adam and Eve, that they wouldn't have an end either, our first parents. But we know what happened. Genesis 3 tells us that they rebelled against God, they disobeyed, and as a result, they were sinful. And God said to them, because of that, you will surely die. So opposite of everlasting. And that sin that Adam and Eve did was passed on to you and me. You were born with it just like me. And it's not only what we're born with, but it's what we do. In fact, the word sin comes from an archery term. It means to hit the bullseye. That's what God expects of us. He has a right to do that because he's our creator. And yet, do we hit the bullseye every time? Do we do everything that we're supposed to do? God is holy. He is just. He expects us to be that way, and we are not. And as a result, we miss the target, not in our thoughts and our words and our deeds. And it's not only what we do wrong, but it's what we then fail to do right. And because we miss the bullseye, we are sinful. And sin separates us from God. And yet God, what did he do? He determined to rescue us. He sent his son, Jesus. We celebrated his birth about four months ago, right here. And then Jesus grew up just like us in every way, except he didn't miss the bullseye. He was sinless, perfect. And then when he was about 33 years old, Jesus, who was also God and man at the same time, did something amazing. He took the punishment for the sin of the world, this separation from the Father, from God, because God is holy and we are not. And he carried it upon himself to a cross. And when he said, it is finished, our sins have been paid for. In fact, the, the, the word, it is finished, that word from the cross, actually is one word, tetelestai, and it means paid in full. Tetelestai, paid in full. That was what was stamped on an envelope when a bill was paid. And when the bill was paid, it was forgotten. I don't know about you, but do you remember last month's utility bills? They're paid for. They were paid. They're, 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 they're now, if you didn't pay for them, that could be another issue. But when they're paid, they're, they're done. And that's what God did for us through not only the death of Jesus, but then when he rose from the grave, the father accepted the sacrifice of his, of his only son so that he marked on you and me at your baptism stamped on you, paid in full, that your sins are forgiven, not just today, but everlastingly they are gone. You know, one of, the, uh, one of my favorite toys growing up was an Etch-A-Sketch. Anyone remember the Etch-A-Sketch? Actually, it's an enduring toy. You can still order an Etch-A-Sketch. I went on Amazon, and there are eight different versions that you can now order uh, on Amazon. And if you have Amazon Prime, they'll even ship it for free. They're going to pay me tomorrow for that advertisement, okay? But, you know, you draw the picture on the Etch-A-Sketch, right? And uh, if you make a mistake, or should I say when you make a mistake, what do you do? You flip it upside down, you give it a little shake, and a miracle takes place. It's gone. And that's what God has done for us, for you, because Jesus Christ died and then rose triumphantly from the grave to have your sins forgiven in an everlasting way. In the, through the prophet Jeremiah, the Lord says, I will remember their sins no more. 
And that's true for you and for me. So for all the things that we're thankful for on this Easter morning, the fact that Jesus Christ has built the bridge so that we have fellowship with God, our sins are forgiven everlastingly. And for this we say, Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. And second of all, what does that mean for us? Not only are our sins forgiven, but because Jesus is risen from the dead, it also means that death is not the end for us. That because Jesus defeated death when he rose from the grave, that it's not the end for us. I uh, got a kick out of, uh, of a story about that came, was in a small town newspaper. The hospital there, there was only one hospital in this community, and they had a, uh, uh, a bomb threat from a terrorist. And so they decided to take it seriously. They had to evacuate the entire hospital. Well, you can imagine in this little town, they didn't have a lot of places to take people. They took some to the fire station and so forth, the library. And, but finally, they had to take people to the funeral home. And you can imagine that a lady who had been in surgery and who was still under anesthesia was transferred to the funeral home. And when she woke up, she saw caskets all around her. She freaked out. She thought... She didn't know what to do. She started to get up, tried to get up from her gurney. Finally, they calmed her down. But you know what? That, that lady wasn't wrong. She was only premature. The fact is, unless the Lord comes again, every single one of us will die. And death is just the opposite of everlasting. Death is a finite end to everything that we know that exists. Death is it. And yeah, you may live to 70, 80, 90. Some of you are going to live to be over 100 years old. But eventually, we're all going to die. And that's why we needed a Savior to not only forgive us our sins, but as a result of our sins being forgiven, that we would have then everlasting life. That's why Jesus could say, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, even though they die, yeah, it's going to happen. Yet shall they live, for whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. And that's the gift that we receive today by faith that assures us that life is not going to end. Christine Fedora uh, wrote in an article in Reader's Digest, it was rather humorous, uh, her husband's an electrician, and uh, they were having trouble with some of the lights in their worship center. And the only way to get up there to fix them was through a trap door back behind the altar. And so Christine came to the church and sat in the pew while her husband uh, went up there, Bill, and he, he straddled the rafters. It was not an easy job to get to the part where they needed electrical work on the lights. Well, once he got up there, uh, she was sitting in the pew. There were some people out in the lobby area. The doors were open, and they thought that Christine was just praying there in the pew, Right? But then they heard her say, Bill, Bill, did you make it up there okay? They were even more shocked when a deep voice echoed from the ceiling. Yeah, honey, I made it just fine. <laughs> All kidding aside, what a comfort to know that death for us is merely that door that we have to pass through in order to be with our Lord forever. That through your faith in Jesus Christ, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Everlasting. 
That's what we celebrate today, and that's the gift that God gives to us. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. So he takes away our sins. He gives us everlasting life. Thirdly then, the third thing that we celebrate today that is everlasting is the life that we have today. You know, everlasting life begins right now, this very moment for you in your life. And because of that fact, it changes the way that you approach your life, the way that you look at things, the way that, that, that you enjoy your life and the fullness of it. You know, what is it that brings you down? I'll tell you what brings me down. It's problems, okay? And now maybe you don't have any problems, but if not, you will someday. And how do you know if your problems are getting the best of it? Let, let me tell you how. If you're tired and you're worn out and you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, that's what problems do to us. And the result is that it's very, very discouraging in our life. And yet because Jesus Christ came, because he died for us and rose again, he's the one that says, come to me. All who labor, all who are pressed down, all who have problems. He says, I'll give you rest. I'll give you peace. Something that the world can't offer to you. And so we give it over to him and we trust him. One time there was a, a guy who went mountain climbing and he made a cardinal mistake. He was by himself. And he slipped and he's fallen down this cliff. And at the last minute, miraculously, he hangs onto a ledge as he's going down. And as he's hanging there on the ledge, he looks down, and it's a thousand feet down below him. He looks up, it's a thousand feet above him, so there he is hanging there precariously on that ledge. And he, he doesn't know what to do. Finally, he calls out to God, God, I need you. I need you to help me. Show me how to get out of this, this predicament. Save me, please, God, help me. A little bit later, there's a voice from heaven that says, just let go. Let go, I will catch you, says the Lord. That's when this guy hanging on looks up in his sky and says, is there anyone else up there that can help me? <laughs> and let's be honest, that's the way we are so often. We try to hang on with and solve our own problems, and all it does is it makes us weary and tired, and we feel burdened. But here's the good news. That God loves you so much that he gave you a Savior who died for you and who rose again. And because Jesus is your living Lord, he's there for you in your heart and in your life to help you through any situation, any circumstance, any problem that you face. That's the promise that we have. The Apostle Paul, knowing the resurrection was true, was able to say these words. He said, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship? And there are the dot, dot, dot. You can fill in what you're going through right now. No, the Apostle Paul says, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And the, the Greek word more than conquerors is a single word. It's hypernike. It means a super conqueror. That's what God has made you through Jesus, your Savior, as you face your troubles. He says, my grace is sufficient for you, and you can trust him whatever you're going through. That's why we can live our lives with confidence and assurance. 
And we live not just for ourselves. We live for the Lord who loved us and gave his life for us, but then we give ourselves to others and we find meaning not just in getting and grabbing in this world, but opening up our hands and our arms as God has opened his love to us. Well, it was early on, a, uh, on the first day of the week that the earth shook and the heavens shook and the Son of God came forth from the grave. He is not dead, he's risen, just as he said. And as a result... The way everlasting is ours. Your sins are forgiven. Death cannot hold you. And when you face your life, you do so with joy and confidence and faith in the Lord that he will handle your problems. Hallelujah. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah.